Thank you everybody for joining me today for another episode of Real Talk with Adriana. I have with me today Laura McConnell, the Executive Director of East Morgan County Library. So thank you so much, Laura, first of all, for being here with me. You're welcome. So I know, as we've seen, libraries can be a big deal for the community. And I think sometimes people don't really realize how big of a deal and how much of a I think cornerstone in communities libraries really are. So first off, let's talk um, about you as executive director. So um, tell us a little bit about about you and you know how long you've been with East Morgan County Library. Okay, so I my family and I moved to Brush in two thousand two, and I was a stay at home mom to my kids who were two, four, six, and eight at the time, and. This library was the first place we came. I would bring them to story time. It was a great place for me to meet um, other moms and for them to meet kids. And um, it was just a great place for me to learn about the community. And then uh, when my youngest one started school, I started working here part-time. Deb Johnson, the previous director, was really great to um, let me start working part-time and I had worked in a library when I was um, in high school and always loved to read and it was a good part-time job for me to have and then in 2007 so I worked here a couple years and my husband was deployed to Afghanistan for a year and we had been looking for me to have a job maybe in the school district where uh, I was on the same schedule because my husband was a teacher full-time and so we would um, so we would have the same schedule so a, a job opened up at the middle school so I, w- I moved over there and was the middle school librarian for five years there then in that five years I came back I worked here part-time while I was working at the school full-time and then in 2012 I uh, was offered a full-time position here at the East Morgan County Library as the children's and teen librarian. So I did that for a few years and then when Deb Johnson retired I applied to become the director and they hired me and um, that's how I got to be the director. So I've worked here continuously for the last 10 years but um, off and on for about 15 years. Well that's quite a long time. So you've seen you know how the library has developed from you know even just the most recent remodel that happened a few years ago and all the different wings and expansion and stuff like that that have happened which is very cool yeah so one thing i do i think want to highlight too is i think a lot of people get confused with you know city libraries and our east morning county library district so can you tell us a little bit about what the difference is between the two so in colorado there are basically uh, in public libraries city libraries sometimes some county libraries and district libraries so our library is currently a district library which means we are not a department of the city we are our own entity we're a special taxing district so we uh, get our revenue from uh, property taxes similar to the school district and the hospital district and our district covers it's considered east morgan county so from Dodbridge road to the eastern edge of the border is our um, boundary line so okay. um, any property taxes um, paid in that part of the county okay. uh, portion of it three and a half mills is what they call it comes to our our library and um, so what that means is if the roof leaks I don't call the city I have to find somebody to do it mm-hmm. if um, the, the snow needs move removed from the grounds or we need the lawn mowed that's all under my mm-hmm. um, my responsibility Our library started in 1915 as a city library. It was um, a group of women 
had a women's club and they had a storefront downtown where they all donated books and started a library and then they applied for a Carnegie grant Andrew okay. Carnegie started a lot of libraries and with that grant the city had to agree to um, put up a certain amount of money and okay. then agree to pay for the library to keep um, keep running after it uh, Carnegie built it okay. so um, on this property this was a city library starting in 1915 and this old part that we're in now the mm -hmm. Carnegie part on the east side of the building is um, part of the original library and then in 1980-ish um, the voters voted for the library to become a district so then we came out from under the um, the auspices of the city and then the voters voted for it to become its own taxing district and at that point the um, west side of the library was added onto and the powers that be at the time made it so that it all matched the old part of the building which I think mm -hmm. was wonderful because it really is a beautiful building it is. yes and at the same time so this whole park that the um, that the library sits on this whole city block the city sold the park to the library district for a dollar Wow. So the entire park is part of the library district. It's mm -hmm. not city, a city park. So that happened in about 1980. And then in 2007-ish, um, we went to the voters again to get a mill levy increase. And then that's when the north side of the building was okay. added on to. And uh, both times that we, um, our library's gone before the voters, they... Um, both initiatives have passed at like 74 and 76 percent and you know wow. a lot of library districts in the state are ecstatic with 51 percent mm -hmm. but I've really been uh, aware of since becoming director especially how much our community supports our library mm -hmm. so I want to make sure as director that I you know respond in kind and support the community and provide services that the community needs absolutely one I think even just you know when COVID hit and you know over the last you know year year and a half that we've been going through this I think people have started to see you know how much our local library does you know even from starting to let people rent out you know hotspots when kids had to do homeschooling and then the district didn't have enough you guys had extras or you know we would being able to park in the parking lot and use the Wi-Fi or you know rent out books and stuff like that I think you guys definitely helped a lot with that for sure I we really tried and you know in, in a rural community like ours a lot of bigger towns will have a rec center or they'll have a community center mm -hmm. and in rural towns oftentimes the library is the community center because in our community there really is as far as I know other than a park there's no building where people can just hang out all day and not pay any money Yep. And so we have a lot of people that will sometimes hang out and work on their computers They'll, um, or they'll read. We have early literacy toys for the kids. We have programs. And yes, we did add the hot spots because also living in a rural area, a lot of people don't have connectivity out mm -hmm. in the country. And we um, have had our Wi-Fi for a number of years. We did expand it this year so that it, it goes further out into the park. And um, we leave that on almost 24 hours we don't we turn it off in the middle of the night just to okay. um, kind of save a little bit there but yeah it's um, we try to provide those those services for the community we had a lot of printing and a lot of computer use and a lot of faxing during COVID because as everything went online mm -hmm. people could only send things through email or through faxes and they needed copies and mm -hmm. so many people didn't have emails and so we've done a lot of computer training especially for older people and yeah, well, and I think that's one of the things that 
I think it's great that you guys were able to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. that training, especially for older people, because I think, I mean, up until COVID hit, you don't need it until you need it, right? right. You, you know, I think a lot of our older population thinks, oh, I just don't like internet and I'm old school, you know, going person to person and, you know, paper and everything. And then when COVID hit and you couldn't do that anymore, they kind of didn't know what to do. Right, <laughs> right. And my goal as a director is to provide reasonable uh, services for our community that are needed. So a basketball tournament is not reasonable in a library. (laughs) But, um, you know, if there's something that our community needs, I'm happy to provide that. But at the same time, I don't want to be redundant because we have a lot of great organizations in our community. So if I hear that somebody else is doing this something really well, I want to be that conduit of information that mm-hmm. we, that people can come to our library and either find what they need here or find the information that we can give out. And during COVID, we had a very elderly little lady during, when all the vaccines were um, coming out and she needed to sign up for a vaccine and she found out she needed to um, do it online. She had never had an email. She didn't have any family around to help. And the poor thing was just about in tears because she didn't know how to do this. And so, um, I wasn't sure how it was the first person we had come in. I wasn't sure how to do this. And so I actually called the clinic and we were able to work with the clinic where, um, what we were able to get her started on the computer, but then the clinic said, okay, if you have anybody that comes in, call this number or call me. And then she was able to tell us what places had gotten new vaccines that day. And Mm -hmm. so that gave us some information we could hand out to people. And, you know, this poor lady here, she was being told, we'll just do it online as if that was no problem. But for her, it was huge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially she's never even had an email or anything. She doesn't even know where to start. Right. So we had to set up an email first and then Mm -hmm. we had to help her through all that process before we could even get to the part of her getting the vaccine that she so desperately needed. So when I know you guys have a lot of like reading programs Mm -hmm. and, you know, stuff like that, but what are some of the programs that you guys either currently have at the library or, you know, have upcoming that people maybe don't realize that we have. Okay. So we, uh, yes, we do have our reading programs. We have our adult reading contest that goes throughout the year and quarterly. And um, this year it's a passport theme. So we're reading um, books from different com- uh, different continents is what okay. we're doing. And then um, our kids have an ongoing reading contest. We have a, a card that has 10 pictures and for every hour they read, they cross off a picture. And we try to make it family oriented so that if an adult is reading to a child or if a older sibling is reading to a younger sibling, they can both cross off card their own cards. Okay. And when they fill out the 10, uh, cross off the 10 pictures, they can turn it in for a prize. And then okay. um, like next week, we're going to have grand prizes for this, uh, for the winter. Um, yeah, the winter session. And then we also have, so we have our story time for toddlers Wednesdays at 10 and Fridays at 10 15. We have, what we call KFT, which is Kids Fun Time. It's a craft time for kindergarten through fifth grade, uh, um, Wednesdays at 3.15. And that's kind of fun because when uh, we started that when I was the children's and teen librarian, and it was kind of funny. We just, we have a laid back craft time where they can be kind of creative. And we realized that, you know, after being in school all day and they have certain ways that they need to do things, which is really important in school, um, we had a craft where they were, a lot of the kids were really worried about if they're doing it right. And we said, just be creative. And it was funny how they said, I don't know how. And so it just took them a while to realize that, um, that, okay, this is just a laid back time where they can get to know other kids mm-hmm. and parents can connect. So we have that on Wednesdays. 
um, we have our uh, teen area. We call it the uh, teen lounge, and it's um, in in the entryway. We have uh, bean bags, and we have computers for the kids um, if they have parent permission. We have. Um, a lot of kids will bring their own devices. We have a staff member usually there after school that will help them with homework, kind of interact with them, and just get to know them a little bit. Our teen librarian is great. And she also has, uh, let's see, she has a tween and teen book and movie club right now that meets. Uh, she started in the summer, and we, they met every week, but now they're meeting once a month, and each quarter they read a book, and one week they talk about the book, another week they'll play, play a game around the book theme, and then they'll they do a couple other activities and then the the last week of last month of the quarter they will uh, watch the movie that is associated with the book okay yeah we have so we do that and then she also has tag team which is tag stands for teen advisory group so they meet twice a month and they'll do different things like uh, they made a do it yourself like little zen garden recently and then they make uh, they tie-dyed sweatshirts and sometimes they'll have an after hours program um, we've done a Hunger Games program in the library, or they've done an escape room, and so we'll ha we'll do a lot of that. Um, let's see. So then, that's the teens. For the adults, we have uh, once a month we have our writers workshop where uh, aspiring writers get together and they share their work on a Google document, and then they critique their work. Okay. And they've been uh, working on that. Uh, there's a, been a small group that's been doing that for over a year, and then. Once a month, we have our adults-only program. Uh, last, we just had that last night, and they did the in, end of the year party for last year's reading pro program. And then I think they'll do—I don't remember what the next one is—but they're also they'll sometimes it'll be a craft, sometimes it'll be learning something new in the community. So we try to partner with some of the businesses okay. to help with that. Um, our adult librarian is also um, she does yoga. Uh, classes. She's just started uh, gentle yoga on uh, in the mornings once a month. I think it's on Thursdays. We just did our first one, but it's um, so people don't have to get out in the wintertime at night. And then we have yoga on Saturday. We're getting ready on February 4th or 2nd. It's the first Wednesday in February. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a, a bilingual program. It's Loteria playing uh, Mexican bingo. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, we, do, we did that on Mexican Independence Day, and uh, people really liked it. So we're going to try doing that once a month to try to reach out to her, our Hispanic community. We've got bilingual staff members, and we'll have two staff members that will um, we'll have some um, Mexican snacks. And um, I think they did tamales last time. And, um, yeah, so we're going to start doing that in February, once a month. That sounds really fun. Yeah. And then we partner with other um, other organizations, uh, chamber in the city a lot. We'll have host events on our property, the Lions Club. They'll do the Easter egg hunt or the Fourth of July breakfast. So mm -hmm. we usually have something going on. <laughs> yeah, well, and I know just in December, the chamber, we did the s'mores tree lighting thing. Yes. That was really fun. Yes, that's that's been a fun thing to partner with. And some years, it's all here at the park. Some years, we do part of it here and part of it downtown. So we try to be flexible with what the city and the chamber want to do. Yeah, there's definitely... A lot more programs, I think, than people realize. And I like that all the different programs that you mentioned for the like the teen years, because I think there's some a lot of times the group that kind of tends to be forgotten. Like there's a lot of toddler stuff, like mops and stuff. And then there's, you know, your adult programs. And then high school, you have all, tons of clubs. But I think those middle school kids kind of tend to be a little bit forgotten. And I think 
I'm glad that you mentioned all those programs because I think a lot of people don't even, I know I didn't even know that those existed. So mm-hmm. I think it's great that now people can hopefully listen to this and come onto the library's website or, you know, your social media page or something and see if any of those programs for those teens are something that their kids might be interested in. Yeah, that would be great. And you know, when when the middle school was a block away, we'd often get the kids Mm -hmm. wandering through, and so we wanted to connect with them as they came through. And so it just so happened the new school opened farther away about the time COVID hit. And so we're still trying to figure out what changes that might make for us here but um and each year you know the school might have a different schedule in terms of days off or early release days or whatever and so we adjust, try to adjust with the school district and um, work around the kids schedules because so many of them are busy but then we mm-hmm. have some kids that aren't part of any clubs and the monday night program she just changed to monday nights just to adjust for the kids who are busier and mm-hmm. needed you know needed other nights for or other days for their activities at school so we really we want we want to have a place for the kids to to be and hang out because yeah. that's just they just don't have that around here they don't like you said because we don't have you know any kind of rec center or anything like that this is the place where because i remember even as a kid like you said we would you know after school we would oh let's go hang out at the library and we would either just hang out outside or we'd hang out in the little lounge center and you know just somewhere to go that's you know, indoors winter and you can just hang out with your friends or, you know, stuff like that. Because I'm sure not every parent wants five or six kids coming over to their house all the time. So it's kind of nice to have somewhere for the kids to hang out that, you know, not only keeps them out of trouble, but there's also like an adult, you know, responsible or that's watching, I guess, for, you know, any kind of danger signs or keep them out of trouble in some aspects. Right. And we actually, one thing I didn't mention on a couple of the Mondays that the kids have been off, um, our teen librarian has been having the um, Mario Kart video game tournament. And so we have some kids who have really enjoyed that. And that's been fun because those are kids who, they would start out coming, just play on the computers and they, they, you know, do the gaming thing and, um, you know, maybe not interact with the staff a lot, but it's funny how they've been coming for quite a while now. And, and sometimes if we're struggling with helping someone on a computer, those are the kids that'll say, I can help because they know the computers mm-hmm. and, and then they feel important because they, they were able to help an adult or they can help, help the librarian. And so we're finding good ways for those kids to then volunteer in the community as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to transition into that with a lot of those teens. Yep, and sometimes it takes them you know, being in that environment and establishing that trust for them to get out of their shell. Right. Yes. Very cool. Well, that sounds like a lot of really cool programs. So as a library, what would you say during the time that you've been executive director, apart from COVID, of course, (laughs) what has been one of the biggest obstacles that you guys have had? Hmm. I don't, I, I guess for obstacles... I truly care about people and I want to connect with people, but then sometimes that can also be an obstacle because, um, for example, this we want this to be a safe place for kids to hang out, but then some parents don't realize anybody can hang out. So there may be somebody that they may not think is as safe for their kids, and and so there's that balance that I have to have of there's freedom of access for everybody, but yet I can't provide babysitting for these, right. these kids as well. So there's that challenge and obstacle. Um, and just, I guess, my own learning process of knowing, you know, what, what my role is and, um, and where, 
where I fit into the community in terms of I know what I want to provide for the community, but then how do I get the word out to the community and how do I partner with other organizations? Mm -hmm. Because we do partner with over 40 organizations, but how do I, how do I find a way to partner with them that helps them, but then lets people know that we're here? You know, we have mm -hmm. meeting rooms, we have places where um, sometimes a lot of the social services that we have, even though they're limited, are happen in Fort Morgan. Well, if someone can't go from Fort Morgan, from Brush to Fort Morgan, we I want to be able to provide a space that maybe that organization can host a program mm -hmm. here. So there's that obstacle too of just um, myself learning what what's out there, and then mm -hmm. how do I communicate that to my public? Yeah, I can see how that would be difficult, especially with the the kids. Because yeah, I mean you. Because it is a public library, you can't necessarily say to anybody, oh, you're not welcome here because so-and-so doesn't want you hanging out with your kid. And I think it's it's tough when parents sometimes shift that responsibility that really, you're right, it shouldn't, it's not your responsibility. You're not, right. you're not a babysitter. So <laughs> yes. yeah, I think that's one of the things that as parents, we sometimes have to remember that mm -hmm. it's public space and if it's not up to you guys to do that policing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But at the same time, too, I do want this to be a safe those places it can yeah. be. And we try to make it a happy place for people to be and a welcoming place. And, um, and you know, this is a place where no matter what, what your economic status, your, um, your job, you know, whether you don't have a job, you're looking for a job, it kind of evens the playing field everybody checks out books the same everybody gets on the computer the mm -hmm. same everybody has the same access no matter where they are in their life and so and this is a place that you know oftentimes um, if someone maybe a lot of maybe kids don't have computers at home if they play the on the computers here it helps them get those computer skills that mm -hmm. a child who has a computer at home learns all the time you know mm -hmm. and so just trying to give that extra um, education or just assistance to, to people. But at the same time, everybody's hopefully treated equally here. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's awesome that you guys do that. And you're right, I think a lot of times kids that don't have a computer at home for whatever that reason may be or don't have internet, they can sometimes be at a little bit of a disadvantage with somebody that does. So I think right. it's that's a great opportunity to maybe put those kids on a more level playing field. Absolutely. With skills and everything. Right. One of my favorite stories from when I was um, the Children's and Teen Librarian, there was a young boy, he's now in high school, but he was probably Beaver Valley age, third to fifth grade, and he um, he brought me his book order, and he said, Mrs. McConnell, I can't, we can't get these books, but I really like to read them. Can you order them for me? I said, sure. I said, I can order them to put in the library, and you can check them out. And I said, and we can make sure you're the first one to get it. And he said, I get a brand new book to hold. I said, yes, but you'll, it'll be the library, so you'll have to return it. And he was really responsible. And it was really cute because he said, well, so-and-so told me about this book, and I read it, and I liked it. And he was so surprised that he liked it. And so <laughs> every month, he'd bring me his book order, and he'd circle the ones he wanted, and we'd get them ordered. And at the end of that school year, another kid saw him do that and said, um, what are you doing? And he said, she orders the books I want because I like to read. And it was, he felt so important <laughs> and it was so cute because he just, um, he, he, he was never able to have a new book, but mm -hmm. yet he got to hold and be the first one to hold a book 
uh, that we had gotten, and, and we picked a book just for him. But we also knew that other people would check it yeah. out. And so that was that was a fun connection. And now he's one of my little buddies. He's in high school and comes in, checks, lets me know how he's doing periodically. So it's kind of Wow, fun. that's awesome. And honestly, I think, you know, something that's such a small task, I think in the long run, is probably going to have a huge impact on him. I hope so. You know, I think so many times, and I was talking to the executive director rising up with this last time, you know, we forget, I think sometimes we think that to make a big impact, we have to do this grandiose thing. And really, something as simple as a book mm-hmm. can make a huge difference for somebody. I mean, because that probably had the effect of helping him have want to read more because he looked forward to reading a book and reading a new book every time and you know feeling that little bit of sense of importance Mm -hmm. likely made him want to read more and otherwise he probably would have said no I don't books aren't for me and I'm not going to read anymore right and I think too and I think we were reminded of this during COVID that um, so many people were so isolated that um, people just want to be seen and they want to be acknowledged and you know if this is a place where we can just be friendly and tell someone hello and um, it was amazing how many people said um, with the library when we were open when so many places were closed they would say oh life is a little bit normal here and you know we can we can just live a little bit of a normal life through all this chaos and it, and we realized that okay this is also why we want to be extra extra kind and extra friendly to people no matter what kind of day they're having what kind of day we're having mm-hmm. because people just need a place where they can just be welcomed and feel a little bit of normalcy yeah i think you're right i i, I love that so um now let's get to some fun questions okay so what is your favorite book and why Oh my goodness. Um, probably the Little House on the Prairie book series just because it's the first chapter book I remember and I remember checking them out at a library that I grew up in going to as a little girl and um, I just remember the feel of the book, the smell of the book and uh, it's just I think one of the first books I remember checking out with a library card and it was maybe my, the first decision I made for myself in terms of I picked this up myself and I felt kind of grown up. So, and, and it was a historical fiction, which I like. So I would say those. That's a good book. I love those books. Yes. And I think, I don't know if they still do, but I know they used to read them, like, I want to say in middle school, I remember reading it, but I don't think they read I don't know if they do. Anymore. Yeah. We actually have, somebody found and donated to the library, a letter from Laura Ingalls Wilder, the fifth grade class at Central School had, I think she visited them or she, they wrote to her and she wrote a letter back to them and we actually have it hanging in our teen area. It's all framed. Aww. and Yeah. So that's that, kind of fun. That's really neat. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always a classic book. Yeah, it is. So one more question. <laughs> Who is the person or persons that most inspires you? I know you gave me this question ahead of time. And I still was struggling with this. It's a loaded question. It yeah. is. Oh, I, I, I have, I have a few. Of course, you know, my faith is really strong. So there's, Jesus inspires inspires me, and um, my faith is is really important part of my life. My kids and my family are just really important to me. I have four kids, and they're all adults now, and um, they. I've always loved to read. And 
now as they've gotten older, it's just fun. We visit libraries when they were growing up, and they would they get excited about books now. And then now that I'm starting to have grandkids, I get to read to them and just memories that are surrounded around time with my family, and they kind of motivate me to to try and make. Um, make a happy place for families here and I know how important it was for me to connect at this library as a stay-at-home mom that's my goal is to make this a place where people can connect to their community oh I love that so is there anything else that you want to share with people about the, the library just that if there's something we don't have that you think we should let me know and I like to hear what kinds of um, you know how we're doing and good or bad because I want to improve I want people to feel welcome and I want to um, again if it's if it's reasonable you know I'm not gonna throw horseshoes in here or anything <laughs> but <laughs> we have had after hours games where things got wild but yeah just um, I want to care about people and if there's something that they need that the library can do for them I'd like to know that awesome well, thank you so much for joining me today Laura. thank you Hey everybody, Adriana here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys tremendously. If you enjoy the content, please share it with a friend. And if you really liked it, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really enjoy the content, please be sure to leave a review. Also, if you have any ideas of topics that you would like to see me cover on future episodes, please be sure to message them to me either on here or on social media. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the next one.